Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. What's up, everybody? This is uh, Roma's Burning. I'm your I'm your best friend, Rick. We got Sean over here. We got Vic, and we got our our good friend Jay Dyer, friend of the show. What's up? Just uh, sitting here to to to, uh, to dab on pagans tonight <laughs> and uh, race idolaters and uh, you know and on atheists in religious clothing. I guess you could describe them as. Mm. Way to put it. Yeah, before we begin, you know, I, I just want to tell you, Jay, thanks for uh, joining us. And uh, Thank you, guys. Um, well, I mean, and, and I, we've all have been following everything you do. Uh, RIB's audience is your audience, you know, and, and you are prolific. I mean, you're, I, you must be putting in 80, 90 hours a freaking week podcasts and the things that you're writing. I just want to say from all of us, thanks for all your hard work. I mean, it pays off. I, you know, I've been, a, you know, the reason I know this is because I've been a subscriber for two years now or so. And what is this, like $5 a month just yeah. to be a, just on a basic silver level, which is ridiculous. It should be more than that because uh, I, there's, n- there's never an ending to all the stuff that you have on there. And it saved me so much time and so many resources, hundreds of hours of research, you know. And uh, I mean, so I, you think it'll keep it at five, you know, dollars a month? I mean, it just seems a little low. Squeeze these guys, Jay. <laughs> well, thanks, dude. I appreciate it. That's a great selling point. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of too late to raise the, the price or anything. I wouldn't do that. But when I made the prices, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't think I would, you know, really be able to make a living from it. But, you know, that's what it came to. So thanks, man. I really appreciate that. And well, uh, I do have a glad I can make, glad man. I can help stuff. I do have a confession to make, bro. I've been on the road for uh, about a year now. I finally settled down. I got a flat screen TV, and I do have a confession to make. I have not bought your your first book. You have a second book coming out. Because um, um, I want to do the thing. Um, uh, I think it was it was uh, it's kind of promoted on Boiler Room. I've heard it a couple of times where you read the book, but you watch the movies while you read the book. So yeah, some I, people I have done my, that. Yeah. Oh man. So I got my flat screen TV out. I got everything ready to go. Can I still get like uh, an autographed copy of the original book from you? Like straight from, yeah, from, from the guy. I mail them every week. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, just yeah. email you and uh, you, you can do it. There's a co- you cost. Well, there's a shop. There's a shop at the, at the website. There's a shop section where you can buy. buy can I do like a special one, like for a gift. Like, let's say if I wanted yeah. to buy one for a friend, could you write like 
uh, uh, dear Rick, you're a huge flaming queer ball. <laughs> is that a possibility to do that? In fact, that priest. Like, that's how I autograph most copies. So okay. absolutely. How about like uh, 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 Rick? I, I, I heard you, you you give hand jobs to the CIA for foundation money. <laughs> is that a possibility? Could you do that? So in other words, uh, I, I should congratulate Rick on going to work at Fordham and Public Orthodoxy, right? Guys, guys, I'm just trying to get that sweet spot on uh, 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 on ancient faith. Okay, I mean, please give me a break. <laughs> Hey Vic, Sorry, you're almost burning on Ancient Faith Radio here. For real though, I'm going to buy you both a copy of uh, of Jay's book, and uh, it is going to be personally autographed for you guys just for uh, this this whole occasion. So, I thanks, dude. I'm, I'm humbled. I'm honored. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, anyway, guys, it's been a great stream. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> so we had about a four minute commercial for bullshit there. And we'll call it a night. Make some oh, mammon man. and call it a night. <laughs> Good going. All right, guys. So, uh, how did this start? This started a, a while back uh, when uh, what? What's your face, Carolyn Emmerich on yes, Twitter? That oh, was her name. Oh, she always like, changed her name, like Caroline. So it's like she separates like two different words, like Carol slash line, or like like with a K sometimes <laughs> with a Y. But her, her name's Carolyn. Boomer and, pagan. Uh, she, she looks like a boomer. Boomer pagan. She, yeah, yeah. She's trying to hide her age very, very obviously. And she was <laughs> she, she, she she wrote this article. It was right around Easter, and it was like uh, who's trying to say like oh oh it's Ostara the goddess of the 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 the, the harvest. Oh, she wrote that stupid article. Is that the one that Richard that, shared, bro? That embarrassing ass article. It's like look at this Coca Cola advertisement. Oh, that I didn't realize it. she wrote that. Okay, oh, dude, it was so embarrassing. I was like, this is awful. And I and I told uh, I I tweeted a bunch of times. My like that, that was like what two bands ago, uh, on Twitter. I was, I was tweeting at Spencer. I was like, Spencer, how could you? I mean. I know you're a pathetic bastard, but like this, this article is extra pathetic. You can't put this out. This is um, it, this is awful and stupid and embarrassing. Uh, but you know he put it out because he didn't really give a shit about anything. So, <laughs> so what? And she comes out. Uh, I heard like one episode of her of, of her show here on YouTube, uh, where she had uh, she had on Joseph Atwell, who I'm sure Atwell, was yeah. yeah, I'm sure Atwell was super busy and had not, had a bunch of other things to do. You know, because he's so uh, he's such a <laughs> that's sarcasm, by the way. He's he's he doesn't have anything to fucking do. So get on some crazy woman's podcast, um, and <laughs> shilling his stupid, like repeatedly debunked book, uh, Sieges Messiah. Yeah, he asked like, me. To, he asked me to do a debate again the other day too. By the way, who Joe Atwell? Yeah, he's asked multiple times why why I won't debate him. <laughs> Which I'm sure he thinks. I'm sure he thinks that it's fear, but uh, no, it's more so. A, it's more so a question. Your pearls, Jay. You have to sift, you know, we from chaff. What profitable arguments are there? Who you want to give a platform to? Who you don't? You know what I mean? Look, ten seconds of googling wrecks this dude. Okay, I mean, just like, just like the singular argument that Christianity existed before Josephus's histories was were, were written or were were, were out. Mm-hmm. That alone destroys the entirety of his freaking thesis. But he has he had no answer for this. But like, well, then well, you know, parallels these weird, wacky parallels that he wants to draw. He kind of like it's 
okay, you know what it feels like, like reading his parallels that he he says are there. Like, okay, there's a part where there's guys in the river, so the the, the those Romans are stabbing the dudes in the river, and like, oh, it's fishers of men. Get it? That's the joke he put in the thing. Uh, <laughs> wow. There's this woman who eats her baby. Like, oh, get it? That's the Last Supper. Get it? Get it? And he's like a like one giant troll. And you know what it feels like? It feels kind of like uh. Remember back in like the '90s when the people were playing uh, the Wizard of Oz and the Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon at the same time, exactly. and they're like, "Look at the parallels! Look at the parallels!" Great, dude, yeah. they're, they're not really there. You're just like reading it into there. You, and yeah. I think this is the and, and this is something that I've I've kind of thought and really uh, I come to this conclusion from both arguing and watching people argue with atheists for years at this well, point. My, um, my take is on that. that- I'm sorry. So I'm going to just finish my sentence here yeah. is that at, at the core of it, he was just looking for a reason to apostatize because at the core of atheism is emotional reasons, not intellectual reasons. Carolyn Emmerich recently <laughs> tweeted out something right. that she was like, I blame Christianity for my parents divorcing. Like, okay, this is clearly an emotional problem. You're angry yes. at the world that you blame God. And so you lash out. And this is sad. This is sad. I've even been in conversations with a lot of atheists uh, and, and former Christians who will admit that. They'll even say at times, look, it's not an intellectual problem with me. I just hate the idea of this God. I'm mad at this God. I don't want I don't want this to be true. It really doesn't have anything to do with the intellectual stuff. And a lot of times you're absolutely right. That's a cloak for the real issue, which is uh, usually moral. Yeah. Absurd, and I, I would also add that it's it's um, the difficulty about the, for most people about the, the gospels is is that it is the most exoteric esoteric work that's ever been created. That's why, like the Orthodox Church, doesn't believe in esoteric groups or anything like that because it is the ultimate esoteric work. I mean, it is from God. So, so what I'm trying to say is is that. Yes, you can take all of these things and you could you could try to shape them into everything you want to make them from the past because everything uh, it's a, uh, again the gospels are a presupposition to everything that we know. So everything is uh, is through the focus of the gospels. This is difficult for people to understand. So yeah, you can make these parallels, but these parallels were only an inversion of the original uh, idea behind the gospels that that God has always put there. And that people kind of slowly kind of grasp onto a little bit throughout the throughout the ages. So that's my kind of my tidbits on the whole thing. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, interpreting symbols is uh, a difficult exercise. Sometimes it's it's done very loosely and improperly. You know, I always think of Jordan Maxwell. He's he's the most notorious master of this. Where uh, a similar word in English somehow translates into some ancient you know mystical meaning and and making the most loose connections between things that really have no connection whatsoever. Like um, the, the Masons are, are, are famous for doing this. If you think about the example I always bring up of the fact that Masons will say that the name Solomon is soul, which is, you know, the sun, Om, and then on. So Om being like the Om. Right? So you have like three different ancient traditions have nothing to do with one another in terms of the name of Solomon, which means Shalom. Right. Uh, But the Masons will read into this, this very elaborate esoteric doctrine. And you see this repeated in a lot of these pseudo conspiracy theorist researchers uh, who are really just crackpots and cranks who will, again, associate things that have no direct connection. It's, It's like when YouTubers will 
you know, look at a cross and, and they'll say, like, if you look at the Gnostic cross, right, which is the circle with the cross in it. Uh, I mean, I could look at that symbol and say, this is the Gnostic cross. Therefore, all usage of the cross is Gnostic. That would be utterly retarded, but it's the same kind of fallacy that people engage in literally when they do this stuff. That's uh, all the, uh, the uh, the bullet eye that uh, the Zodiac killer used is the same as the Gnostic cross. So therefore, the the there's been an ancient bloodline of of Gnostics who were uh, preparing for the coming of the Zodiac killer. That would be, I mean, that's how retarded this stuff is. But that's the that's the the means by which people arrive at retarded conclusions through misuse of symbology. Oh, dude, I mean, my dad is a Freemason, so I he always shows me the stuff he's reading. And it's it's always like that. You're right. That's always like, look, look, this this thing in Egypt, and this thing over here. Look, the, that that proves that masonry's been around since the Egyptian times. <laughs> like silly crap like that. Um, it's like black Israel. As, as as far as the Solomon thing goes, I mean, I'm not you big. I'm not sure where you guys thought. But I, I I always thought it was you know soul lemons that God was gonna make lemonade out of all of us. <laughs> soul lemons, yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. And if we were to do the kind of exegesis that Jordan Maxwell does, the soul becomes a lemon. Soul lemon. Hello. What are they trying to tell us? God is a lemonade peddler on the side of the road. Five cents. Save your soul. Look, it's very easy. I mean, when life gives you when life gives you lemons. Aka, when the fall happens, you make lemonade. Aka, you know, <laughs> salvation. Aid lemon. Aid. Oh, 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 man! Mm. That's woke. That's woke. Print that. That's your next book. <laughs> the Jordan Maxwell Guide to Symbology. People are asking us if Jordan Peterson is a closet atheist. I think Jordan Peterson's an open atheist. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm sorry. He doesn't believe in God. He'd be like, oh, well, what do you mean by God? What do you believe? What do you mean by if? Shut the hell up, man. You're sh- you're fucking atheist, dude. The end. Yeah, I forgot who it, it was that said that, that that his approach to everything to sound superior is to just uh, every phrase that's uttered, you just ask it as a question. Well, what do you so mean? Well, what, what do, do you mean, mean by that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I mean. What's your penis? What does God mean? Let's just uh, you know, put it into bro terms here just for my sake. Just He's a pussy. You know, yeah. he doesn't, he, doesn't he, yeah. he wants to have the accolades, but he doesn't want to get into the actual debate. And so he, he has these, all these big brain um, uh, obstacles that he, he puts up there that, so that he can, he can have these views and yet still kind of maintain inside the frame of today's discourse. But at the same time, it doesn't matter because the left's still going to call him a Nazi at the end of the day. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what he does or how he, he projects out there with all this nonsense. He's still he's still on the wrong side of history, no matter what. Not to go on like a Peterson tangent here, but um, I was listening to some of Sam Harris's critiques of him. <clears throat> like I said, even though uh, I, I, I despise everything Sam Harris stands for and everything he does um, – I think that he his critiques his his critiques of him were a hundred percent on the ball because he, he okay he started comparing like uh, his approach to the gospels as like a the way like, he he started like mock like doing like a, like a mocking thing of Peterson like oh look it's a recipe um for cookie for for for, for chicken or something He's like oh you add salt and pepper you know that that for you know it, 
that represents the, the duality of life. You need a little bit of light and a little bit of dark. Oh, look, yeah, it, it, it was like a joke. It was like, like oh, look, I can, I can take any text. Well, that's why I call, I call him Carl Yum. But he's right. Like, if if you don't think if if you think that you're just deriving meaning from chaos, and this is I think I think his core problem is that is that mistaken understanding of the creation act is is this like oh you're driving order from chaos like then to you it's just like a chaotic scramble of words of text and you're pulling meaning from it, but that's not what God did. God didn't do, God didn't create order. God was ordered from the beginning. Right and spun order out of himself. It's a curiously Masonic Gnostic <laughs> reading of Genesis and the creation account, actually. To to and this is by the way one of the errors that I do consistently critique in Dugan. <laughs> yes. Dugan has the same kind of idea where he talks about chaos and night and Tiamat in the beginning. You know the, the void, the abyss of Genesis somehow being uh, necessary to the correlation of logos. So there's a curious parallel between what Dugan says where I think he's incorrect and what, what uh, Peterson says about the beginning of creation and, and that, that these two principles are necessitating one another. And the reason that he believes this and many, many people believe this is because they have a dialectical definition of good and evil. And that's the problem. The history of all Western philosophy is acceptance of dialectics. This is why we don't believe in or affirm dialectics as a methodology because it, it posits something that is a logical distinction or a logical contrast into metaphysics, right? So because I can contrast truth from falsehood, the assumption of all Far Eastern thought or these these metaphysical systems like Peterson adopts is that that must also therefore translate into ontological reality. There must therefore also be truthhood and falsehood as equally existing, you know, Manichaean type principles. And that's not true. That's not what uh, chaos is. That's not what non-being or non-existence is. They're not principles set in dialectical tension with God. And most Orthodox philosophers and theologians who talk about it, they say that exact same thing. I just read this in Lasky. He said, we don't believe non-being or non-existence is some sort of dialectical opposition to God. Yeah. yeah I, I would say, I'd add on to that is, is that one of the, uh, the, the uh, Western philosophers that I kind of respect in a lot of ways is Heidegger, just because he brings everything back to Plato as being this invention of this this false dialectic and and even he saw and i always kind of wonder you know a lot of these early 20th century figures sadly they didn't know anything about orthodoxy they just they thought it was a bizarre weird thing and i kind of wonder what he would have you know uh, if he would have reevaluated with the orthodoxy and 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 to go back with peterson uh you have to there there is something underhanded with it because if you read you know the posthumous uh, uh autobiographies by jung it's obvious that Jung is trying to rebuild Christianity in some kind of a Western ideological concept. You know what I mean? And so you have to be kind of suspicious of Peterson in that same vein. If you're a Jungian, it's almost definite that you know about his motives because you've read a lot of his works. Absolutely. And by the way, <clears throat> a great thing, everybody who has any skepticism or doubt about your point there. Uh, at what everybody should read is a brief essay by Carl. <clears throat> I think Vic, I'm not trying to be rude, but I think Vic, could you mute? Because it, there's a whole oh, lot of like scratching. Am I rustling my mic? Sorry about that. Hold up. I think okay, dude. <laughs> um, I'm not saying like, don't talk. I'm just saying when you're, when you're, uh, when you're uh, scratching your, your records there. Um, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, uh, 
there's an essay by Carl Jung I read a long time ago in one of my undergrad classes, and I couldn't believe that this was Carl because I was new to Carl Jung at the time. I was like, oh, this guy's cool, he's interesting. Uh, and it's about the Antichrist. He has a an essay on the Aeon and the Antichrist. Um, and what he essentially says in there is the most Luciferian type doctrine you've ever heard. He basically it's like Charles Manson level theology. He says that Christ is Antichrist. They're two forces just like chaos. And creation and logos are two forces. So in the same way, at the end of time, the, the Christ necessitates the Antichrist. And that's what I, I, I see this underlying a lot of the, 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 presupp- the presuppositions of Peterson. And you find this again and again in, 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 in the West is this, uh, this Gnosticism of, the, of the, the black and the white, this, 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 that they have to be equal uh, parts. And there's always one that's feeding off the other. And, and we just have to deal with that. We just have to accept that. We have to make it uh, we, we have to we have to uh, uh, empower it within ourselves. We, we, we can use it. We can like learn to. I mean, it's really. I mean, yeah, it, it's everywhere. It's freaking it's, everywhere, it's, dude. It's absolutely insane. You know. Well, this is interesting because uh, the Orthodox eschatology has has specifically refuted this. It's actually uh, Saint Gregory Nazianzus, Saint Gregory Nyssa, and Saint Maximus that specifically deal with the question of how in how even free will is not defined by good and evil. And we have to say that because in the eschaton, there will not be evil, but we all believe that there will still be free will. And so this is one why we, one reason why we don't believe in absolute divine simplicity in the beatific vision, Catholic sense, Roman Catholic sense, is because the beatific vision necessitates there only being one good in the afterlife, which is the essence of God. If there's only one good and, and, and that's all that you can choose, then you don't really have multiple choices in the afterlife. And so only Orthodox theology actually in its eschatology adheres to multiple goods by which you can choose from in the eschaton as well, thus retaining free will. And this is why what the Petersons and these kind of people do is that they will absolutize and eternalize anything that they see operating principles within fallen time and space. And this is really the crux of all pagan religions. All pagan religions absolutize principles that they see operant in nature to be eternal. That's the essence of our Eastern thought, and that's the essence of paganism. Yeah, and as far as like the kind of pagans that we deal with on you know Twitter.com, like the racist pagans, uh, like they do that, but to race, they see race as the core thing. And like they'll adopt or not adopt principles based on how it helps them fight white genocide or whatever. Yeah, it, it, I, and I, just, just to add on to this is that you know um, my biggest critique on the alt right uh, in general is this dishonesty, this, this consistent dishonesty. Like you will get on Twitter and they will post something and it's like, you know, a uh, Muslim man attacks some French girl in a supermarket and you'll, it, it doesn't take three or four uh, down the thread and replies. No, this happened in Israel. You know what I mean? And, and people are like calling this video. <laughs> hmm. you know, it's just, but they're okay with that because the ends justify the means. It's, it, 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 it's, they're non-ideological but they, they still uh, are so concerned about uh, uh, winning that they'll just falsify things. This, oh, dude, this, this is one of the reasons why the evangelical movement in America collapsed so hard was because they would lie so much so often. I mean, I remember back when I was in high school, when, back when Marilyn Manson was like still relevant and he wasn't like a fat, disgusting slob like he is now. It was, it was like they would say, oh, he passes a ball – of spit around the audience, they all spit in it, and then, <laughs> back, and, they go, and then he drinks it. And it's like, dude, this isn't fucking true. 
Why are you saying this? But they say because they're like, oh, we can get one over on him. They say, say, say something about Ozzy Osbourne. Like, oh, he bit the head off a bat, which was true, but it was an accident because people throw rubber bats at him. And this one day, a literal, a real bat flies in his face. He grabs it, bites it. He's like, holy crap, this is a real freaking bat. He has to, like, mm. stop the concert. Yeah, but, yeah, he's probably afraid he has rabies or something. Yeah, yeah right. But, 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 but then, like, it, it developed this whole, like, this. And this is one of the reasons that people stopped trusting evangelicals and they, they, they completely lost all political power. I mean, they still have a like nominal here and there, but like nothing like it used to be, dude. It used to be all pervasive, but people just—they would just—they would just lie. They would just dishonest. They would just fucking lie all the time. Whatever gets our point across. That, exactly, that it's all about like what wins. Can can we win? Not is it true? Not is it valid? Not is it, is it provable? Like oh, okay, but will we win with this? And this is my biggest my biggest gripe with with the with the uh, with the neo pagans, um, and yeah. some 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 I'll say this: some have gotten better with it. Not that they they walked away from neo pagan, not not that they walked away from neo paganism, but they 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 stopped. There's a few who've stopped griping about. Well, is this is this is this is this good for our movement? And they started. An actual theological conversation with some of, of the more theologically minded people, but it's very few. Most of them are still like, "Preserve your folk, preserve your race, worship Odin." Most of them are still like that, and we'll and, and we'll cherry pick uh, anthropology. We'll cherry pick uh, you know uh, 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 IQ tests or whatever it takes. Like I, I remember reading one from one of these lunatics that they that they were like. Um, we developed, you know, white skin because uh, um, because of uh, uh, the, the you know the clouds were always in the sky and there was never any sun and 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 uh, we just developed blue eyes because of the same thing so we could see in the night. It was just like so because we're hunting know, icebergs in the north. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it's just like no, that's just so retarded. What are you not even like? You're not you're not appeasing anyone. You're not appeasing. Neo pagans, you're not appeasing like uh, you know evolutionists. You're not you know you're not you're just talking nonsense. You know, it's just the bong hits of neo pagans are just so annoying. <laughs> Times changed. Times are strange. Here I come and I ain't the same. Mama, I'm coming home. That was for Rick since he's talking about Ozzy. Yeah, you're so low. Dude, dude, don't, dude, first of all, I love that song. for standing up for me against the evangelical. Uh, I want to thank Rick. Yeah, thank you, I want to thank Rick for standing up for me against the evangelical, <laughs> misforming of people literally. <laughs> but also, but also, don't, don't, don't get me singing songs I like because as, as, as Sean will attest, I, I do love the karaoke. He does love the karaoke. I'll tell you that. One, well, one of the best things that Ozzy Osbourne ever said, I remember him talking to his daughter, and he, and he said, uh, she's wanting to get a tattoo. And he's like, if you want to be fucking original, don't get a fucking tattoo. Everybody has a fucking tattoo. It's the NPC thing. It's like, you know, if, if you really want to be original, don't do any of the things that everybody else is doing. 
because that's what they're all doing. Premarital sex and just, you know, promiscuousness, have getting tattoos and, and all this being an atheist, being a, I mean, it's just all just listen. Store my balls. wife uh, teaches um, uh, first graders. Okay. She has a tattoo. Everyone has a fucking tattoo. Yeah. It's not cool anymore. It's just a thing. I do, I, I do love the guys on Facebook or because we all have these friends that are like that's their thing, and so they still like to act like 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 it's 1950, and no <laughs> one has tattoos. And I'm, like, I'm in the comment section, like you know, like buddy, my CEO has like a neck tattoo, you know, like my supervisor has sleeves. Dude, shut <laughs> up. No one's no one's no one is oppressing you. For your tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. Here in the chat, someone said, "Once, I ha- once had a lar pagan tell me that the apostles lied about Christ for fame and fortune." Classic. Uh, <laughs> That's exactly those what they got. They got bro, those sick there. Roman book deals, you know? Yeah. Tell <laughs> all books about Jesus. They were just rolling it, dude. Just hundos. Bang, over bang, and over and just so- taking it. I think here's here's my thought. My thought is that the reason people are looking to amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals from courses to help you attain or retain certification to individualized coaching services to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen management concepts optimizes your professional development online in person individually or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. To that stuff is because they're seeing the emptiness of the whole youtube skeptic sphere like that's empty so if you have any brains people are interested in you know the right Uh, there's not a whole lot of options if you're leaving the skeptic route and so i think and by the way i also think it's establishment promoted i think the establishment is is interested in people returning to these little niches so you can have your little pagan group over here Mm -hmm. you can have your uh archaeofuturism your your promoted uh uh establishment primitivism uh, archaic revival type stuff, which I think is, again, I think you could, you could demonstrate that that has CIA connections, no doubt about it in my mind. But the thing is, is that, that there's not one paganism. So the assumption of a, of a person on a path seeking truth is that they're going to find truth. They're going to find what they're looking for. And as many of the fathers say, we have to be worried about spiritual experiences, right? Like spiritual spirit experiences on their own can be very deceptive. They can deceive us. So people are looking for authentic existential spiritual experience. And they think that, well, if I go with the neo-pagan route, my wolf brothers in the wood, you know, this kind of stuff, uh, the return to the Volk, right? When you look at what, uh, uh, what's his name? The, is it Shrek? The the church of Satan guy. He was saying, he was saying all the alt-right 
talking points like 20, 30 years ago when he was going on Donahue and shit. He was saying, I believe in the white European race. I believe that we have the wolf spirit and all this kind of shit. You're talking to the right guy because I uh, used to be a Levain Satanist. Okay. So I I used to have like my stack of Levain books, which I uh, threw away or recycled uh, before I got baptized. Um, Sadly, before, before my priest told me to burn them, I'm like, oh, I would burn them, but I already... <laughs> well, so, so so you get the point, though. You know this. You know that that's what Nicholas Shrek talked about in interviews about this kind of older alt right talking points that are popular. Yeah, it was, now. It was nothing new. Nothing. There's people were right. like, oh, this new and cutting is like, dude, this has been around since like the eighties at 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 the latest. So the embarking on a, a path looking for what's true, uh, you can't really escape the, the philosophical question of what's true. So I'm not going to ramble for a long time. Just just making the point that. What you what you what you're looking for, what you're assuming is some kind of absolute metaphysical principle, some kind of absolute notion of truth with a capital T, capital L logos, whatever. That's fine. Uh, And that metaphysical principle that you're looking for is not going to be found in a system that is predicated on chaos. And ultimately, unfortunately, that's what the the pagan and neo-pagan systems are founded on is the idea of multiple gods, polytheism, all this kind of stuff. And really, the ultimate a principle in that system is faith, right? Ultimately it falls back on, yeah, you can have all these different gods. You can have the Pantheon, the, 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 the gods of Olympus or whatever gods you want to have. But the problem is that all of those systems end up with an impersonal absolute fate or whatever. If you, if you adopt, adopted Hindu, if you adopted uh, something Hindu, it would be the impersonal absolute of, you know, uh, uh, ultimate Maya and, and transcending all dualities and all this bullshit. And so, again, you just get fate. You get ruled by fate, and man loses his dignity. Man loses his the image of God. Man has no worth in those systems. And so, ultimately, neo-paganism, paganism, are they just collapse back into the same problems of any other atheistic system. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's exactly what, you know, uh, I, I definitely want to bring up is the fact that uh, we don't, like, Neo-paganism is an absolute LARP. Like, I mean, it really is because we have no clue of what this, these, 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 these cultures were at all. That's the only way we, the only way we even know about them is because Orthodox monks wrote about them and they, and, and they, they transcribed a lot of the things that they wrote down for academic purposes. Mm-hmm. But what we do know from the small amount of historical records that we do have it really does highly, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not an academic at all, but as far as I'm concerned, as being a student of this for years and upon years, is, is that they were suffering the same existential crisis that we are now before Christianity came along, and it made sense. Because these, I mean, I say this again and again, I do not believe, I'm not a progressive, I don't believe that we're evolving or progressing into to better people. I think the ancients had a lot of wisdom and a lot of great things. And they have thought of all of the same thoughts that we have. And I think that they understood Christianity from a purely theological level on the same intellectual level that we are now. And, and when, once they understood Orthodox theology, that's when everything made sense. Everything, even their own myths, all of it made sense. At that yes. Point, you know, and I, I keep on harping on this, but I, I, I believe it's true because uh, uh, as Jay said, as, uh, as uh, most Orthodox people have, have, have always said, is that Christ was always here. It, mm-hmm. He wasn't just some guy that was born 2,000 years ago. 
Right. He's always existed. We've always had a presupposition of, of Christ coming. All cultures have. It's and, and it was fulfilled. And all of these things the demons taught us through the so-called gods uh, came true when Christ, when Christ came to earth. And once they heard the gospel, yes, they, it, everything totally made sense. The nihilism vanished. It all went away. They had, they, they, they had a wholesome, uh, uh, had a wholesome reason, logic and uh, spirituality that was involved with it. That's, that's why you know, it makes sense that the demons would, would, would give us this, uh, these false mythologies that eventually point to Christ because, uh, as, as I've, as I've read from, from a lot of sources is that, you know, being so so repelled by and away from God, they can't create anything new. Yes. Right. Yeah, well, look at so, look at Hollywood nowadays. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing yeah. about remakes. A, a train, constant, unending, freaking train of remakes, adaptations. Nothing new. Well, speaking <laughs> of of, uh, of young and archetypes, or if you read one of the literary theorists like Northrop Fry, who was influenced by Carl Jung, he talks about the basic archetypes as they apply to stories. So one thing that is true is that there's only a few uh, uh, basic stories that you can do archetypal stories. And so, yes, I think there's something to that, that even in these Gnostic mythologies, there's still elements of, of, of Christianity. I was was just watching blade, which is completely ridiculous, but even blade, this, this Wesley Snipes movie from the nineties can't, can't stay away from this idea of a miraculous birth, the idea of of dying to save, his people, you know, bloodlines and blood having power. This is essentially ultimately about the blood of Christ, right? So uh, even when they don't recognize it, they're still preaching the same story. And absolutely, this is why I mean, the church father said that the pagan myths uh, are in very uh, fuzzy, muddled ways actually yeah. do still teach uh, the principles of Christianity. And that's why, you know, we can, we can, we can reinterpret them and reread them. One great example of this is Beowulf. Most people believe, if you study the history of Beowulf, the mythology of it was how it was monks preserving the story and kind of trying to use it to present Beowulf like Christ as the the hero against uh, Grendel, right? Uh, oh, wow. So that yeah, you know, uh, uh, was um, Saint Saint Justin Martyr, what he called mm-hmm. it was the Spermaticos Logos, Logos Spermaticos, right? Exactly. I think Jay, you, you you've you've touched on this before, also. This might be we might be getting a little bit too far off on this, but I think it's very vital. Is is that a lot of uh, Western saints that that came along to these pagan communities, they found very Charles Manson esque communities that were uh, that the people were kind of enthroned to this shaman who was feeding yeah. them psychedelics and keeping them in this 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 uh, uh, basically in this kind of enslavitude. Yeah, of this these bizarre rituals that he was doing, and it was a total power game. Like all the cults that we have now, nothing is new under the sun. We keep on seeing the same things happening. <clears throat> well, even the even the human sacrifice cults, uh, bizarrely enough, retain the elements of truth of Christianity because it's very bizarre that universally across the world, all of these religions which have. Uh, you know, throughout the passage of time, seemingly no connection to one another. Why do they all have basic patterns, uh, basic ideas of offering sacrifice? Why would that even be there? Uh, it's not just because of manipulative high priests, although that is that is there. You do have that a lot of a lot of uh, shamans manipulating people. But if you read, for example, Merkia Iliada's book on shamanism, he points out 
every shamanic tradition across the world that he studied has same, the same basic patterns of initiation for their rituals and rites. So what that suggests is that there are there is truth to uh, these these ritual patterns, right? Um, this is why there is the notion in in man somehow innately that you do need to offer up something to God, right? It goes back to Cain and Abel. We see it at the very beginning. Uh, we we have this in us for some reason. I think it's because we're made in the image of God. But but all the cultures retain these things. And yes, the demons pervert it. The demons the demons turn it to worshiping devils. But this is why Saint John uh, Damascene can write his book on all the heresies, and he can say ultimately that even the pagan religions are just heresies from the one true religion, which is ours. I got that. Uh, I, well, I got a collection of his books um, in one volume uh, because on your your recommendation, Jay, uh, really good. But it's like. I guess you could say it's, it's not light reading, it's but it's fantastic, truly fantastic. And you're right; it's like just it's kind of mind blowing. Like every error is expressed in heresy. It's and, and like all oh, man. Right. So he can start with with paganism and say this is an error on the doctrine of God the Father. Right. The idea that there's not one God but many gods. So in a way. I mean, in the history of the church, obviously, heresy and schism take on a more technical note, but he's applying it generally because all the world religions essentially have the same basic uh, departures or problems in their philosophy. And that's why I often you know, critique absolute divine simplicity, because that undergirds not just Latin Roman Catholicism and its dogma, but also undergirds Islam and aspects of Judaism. So you see this same problem of how can we speak of God as absolutely simple and at the same time there being distinctions in him uh, without falling into these kinds of traps of, of absolute divine simplicity. And in my mind, only Orthodox theology maintains that with its distinction between nature and person and its distinction between essence and energy. So that's why that stuff is so crucial. I mean, no other religion teaches the essence energy distinction, literally. Mm-hmm. I've, no, yeah. I've never seen one that, that comes close. Well, there's a buddy of ours that we we used to be in the chat that he was a he was a, a Byzantine Catholic. Um, he started finding some of this stuff in very early Taoism. All the second very, very early Taoism. Oh, okay. And he he started saying that the parallels between uh, early Taoism and uh, you know the theology of the church were were pretty crazy and they, it was like it was like they were tapping into the same vein but they, they, they still didn't have the fullness yeah because they, they, they still had like this expectation and you can see in their writings he he posted like 20 30 pages at a time sometimes of these texts he was reading um but you can see like they were still kind of looking for the incarnation mm-hmm. and it's 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 incredible when you look at it that way that that like this is a truth, like like Paul said, is you know uh, the law is written on man's hearts. Like this There's is a, a truth really, that, yeah. that, that that all that we all kind of know, and sometimes we just need the words to, to spell it out for us. Yeah, I think that's how Paul can say in Acts seventeen to the pagans, "The word is near you, even in your heart," yes. um, because quite literally, every man you know, Christ lighteth every man that comes into the world. We're already we've already got a an apologetic argument within us which is our own logos, which is pointing us in the direction. This is why St. Maximus can say that, that uh, nature presupposes grace, right? So we don't accept wow. the, 
the Roman Catholic dis- distinction of this two layered system of nature and grace. There is a distinction, but uh, it's not stacked on like, like the Roman Catholics think it's more like uh, the interpenetration, right? So this is why the incarnation is the model for soteriology because the uh, divine energies of Christ interpenetrate his human nature without the human nature losing its, uh, its own natural properties and faculties. So in the same way, when we participate in grace, it's it's natural to grace is natural to man. That's the way Father Steinilloy talks about it. That's the way Saint Maximus talks about it. And this is very distinct from the tendency in Roman Catholicism, post Augustinianism, because they believe in a in a sort of a dialectical tension between man's will and God's will. There's a there's a because man is almost just he's so fallen that he's you know it's almost Calvinism. Like he's he's in constant rebellion against God. That's not true. He's not in constant rebellion. He does tend to corruption uh, when he gives into his passions, but his will is not the problem. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Problem. It's a corrupted will. It's a fall that's the problem. Uh, anyway, you guys know all that, but I just, I'm just. It's like a fragment. I wouldn't mind that. I've heard it written as like a fragment of the will, which, is, you know, makes sense from, from, from I, th- I think, I think from anyone's personal experience of, of wanting different things, conflicting things sometimes at different times at the same time. And, I, and just to add in on that is, that, you know, we, we talk about Genesis and uh, <clears throat> the Garden of Eve uh, and with, with Eve and, and Adam and, and, and how we're susceptible to these things. And so not to get too apocryphal, uh, uh, but like the, the idea of these demons being able to, uh, to suggest pantheons or, or to suggest multiple gods makes total sense mm-hmm. because, of course, they think they're equal to God. Or that yeah, they're yeah. they're at the same level as God, so of course they're going to suggest this idea that there's there's multiple gods that are involved with it, and of course there's going to be people susceptible to this because of our fallen nature and the fact that, that our pride can overwhelm us to the fact the fact that we believe that we have some kind of control over the world or you know and I think that that goes into into a lot of this this. Uh, the neo-pagan Nietzschean ideals, because I think that when we talk about neo-paganism, we, we, we cannot separate it from the, the Nietzschean idea because Nietzsche has really crept into neo-paganism. And that's why I've always said that there, that there was no Nietzschean neo-paganism. Like the, 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 these cultures did not understand these concepts like, like these people do now. The, the neo-pagans now are very much Nietzscheans. Yeah, uh, they're very much point. about the world of power. It's it's about it's about about pride, and it's very uh, antichrist in that manner. You know, which is really funny because they uh, often accuse Christianity of pushing slave morality, like you know, like Nietzsche did, uh, because he encountered, in my opinion, a bastardized Christianity. 
his uh, his location and time in history. That's right, what he that's, encountered, and that's important but, to say. Exactly, exactly. His, his his window of time and place. Yeah, I mean, of course. That the, the uh, and, and that's well, why there, I appreciate Nietzsche was the fact that yeah. he did tear down a lot of the, the stupid Victorian morality of the Protestants and yeah, and, and the, the Roman Catholics at the time. I do appreciate a lot of the things that he did. Like Sarah from Rose said that you know he hungered for Christ more than anything. Right. But, uh, okay, okay, that, okay. Yeah. But like for 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 Neil Pagans to accuse like all Christianity of embracing slave morality, why while like if you look at the things they say, it is nothing but dreams of vengeance. I think, but like a spurned honor and like like slinking away. Like like okay, like Nietzsche, Nietzsche said, called it this, this phrase, slinking exactly we're sentiment, slinking away, dreaming of revenge, like idolizing and like fomenting this this like disease feeling of just like oh, one day I'm going to get them. Like this is nothing. Like these angry neo pagans who despise Christianity for honestly uh, beating them in history. It that's nothing but slave morality. That is real slave morality. I'm like, this well, let's is go no, back. To, yeah, let's go back okay, to okay. to Pilate. Like, like if you look at the Gospels and when Christ is on the scene, you have the union of two groups that hate Christ and Christianity and. What do you know? The that same union exists today. You have the the what would eventually become the Talmudic tradition of the scribes and Pharisees hating Jesus, uh, allied with Pilate and Pilate's relativism, right? Damn. And and ultimately it, yes. they're all relativistic because what does Pilate say? Pilate said, "What is what is truth?" Jesus what is says, truth? "Yeah." So you have the the Roman pagan relativism mixed with the Talmudic relativism, allied to destroy the idea that there is objective truth and logos. Yeah. God, yeah, that's perfect. We got a guy on here on the chat. He says, uh, paganism also perpetuates vendettas and blood feuds without Christ's grace. There was no way for the people to let go of pain. We see this today tragically. When you invent your own gods, you can aspire to you can't aspire to anything better. Atheism is yet another god, the economy is another one. Okay, yeah, that's that's what about true. being a what about being a slave to a vendetta? What yeah. is that? What about that enslaving? I mean, I've been watching The Sopranos, and uh, you know, Tony Soprano uh, is enslaved to the idea that he has to exact uh, equal vengeance or greater vengeance whenever he's challenged or something goes wrong, right? I and mean, this is part of the mafia mob rule. Yeah. I mean, he kind of seems like a, an unhappy enslaved guy in the series, right? I mean, I haven't finished yeah. it. I don't know where it's going to go. And I'll back no, you're right. You're right. And- because Jay has a really good point. Because the first scene is with him and his, you uh, know, psychiatrist, you know, and and what is he getting to is, is that he he says it. He's like, I feel like everything's been done. I feel like my my ancestors have already done everything. And she says to him, Well, a lot of people of this generation feel this way that there's nothing else to be done. You know what I mean? There's there's an existential crisis that happens when you get to this point. Well, uh, that that that, uh, that you feel like everything's been done, and you get into these uh, these cycles of, of of vendetta, of anger, and and uh, and you can't escape it. I mean, right. this is exactly where you're headed at. This is exactly what our I would assume that our ancestors were at when Christianity came to save them. Yeah, that's and, a good point. Yeah, it's um the answer to this slight this this sense. Of like uh, of harmed honor is humility. 
And this is why uh, there's you know the church fathers and you know, there's a great book I have a great a little tiny book, little tiny book, how to live a holy life. I I recommend it to all you guys, and not because I live by it myself because it, it's tough, you know. But it is fantastic because I'm a very practical guy. You know, I, I I'm all about like, okay, but like what's me for me like like day to day, so. This book is 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 very much about that sort of approach. It's orthodox and it's, it's all about like how do you live day to day? How do you approach this situation? How do you put that situation? And one of the first chapters, and one of the most profound chapters, is how do you defend yourself when you're slighted? Because it makes this 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 sort of demarcation between what you need, the sort of status you must maintain in public in life to like be effective. Like you can't. You can't be effective if everyone thinks you're a piece of shit. But you also can't be so attached to your status that you're being hyper-defensive all the time. So, so, so sometimes you have to, when someone says, says something, and this is one of the, the wisest things in the book, it is when, when something comes at you, when ac- accusations fly your way, before you lash out, stop, take account of them, and say, could this be true? Even if slightly, even if, even if it's in a way I'm not aware of, a little bit could it be to a little bit though? And that's tough, man. It is tough. Yeah, no, I fall into being defensive all the time, especially you know if you're getting stuff thrown at you all the yeah. time. It's it's very easy to fall into that defensive mode and react with uh, with uh, with passion, with anger, and not with uh, you know thinking about it and letting it. It would probably would be better to just let it subside. Um, I did want to make one point though about um, the to, to bring it full circle to the point of with paganism and the absolute, because a lot of people like if they've seen debates and stuff, they always say, "Well, okay, so you've got philosophical arguments. How do you bring that into the idea of incarnation?" And there's a really good uh, paper that a guy wrote. Uh, his name's Doctor Stephen Clark. I think he's a doctor. He has a master's. I forget what. But anyway, the the paper is public on like academia.edu, and it's about uh, say Maximus the Confessor. Um, and the Logos and the Logoi. And what he does is he talks about how all of the principles, the, the Logoi in nature, ultimately really have to be subsumed into a divine mind. And so he connects it from St. Maximus to, to why you need a personal divine creator. Um, and I think that's very helpful if you understand the the where paganism leads to and its philosophy. If you understand that you need a unifying principle and the only way to have a unifying principle is to not just have like the Greeks had with like impersonal abstract forces, but to actually have uh, an incarnate divine mind. It's a very, a very profound, fascinating chapter from St. Maximus that the Dr. Clark expounds on in that paper. It's not very long, but I found it very helpful. And the reason I say all that is because this brings us back to creation. What we get with St. Maximus is the idea that God interpenetrates creation and that he always has, as, as you just said, like the Logos has always been here. He's not some guy that just came on the scene. He's not a human person at all. Or out of chaos. <laughs> it's not, yeah. Uh, now, why do I sell that? Well, there's. I was reading um, some fascist literature. I had somebody send me a speech from Hitler. And there's a curious part in, the, in a Hitler speech where he says that the problem with the Jews and the problem with the God of the Jews. And he, in his mind, he means 
the God that's also in Christianity yeah. is that uh, the God of the Old Testament is incompatible. So he has a, a Marcionite yeah, view. Yeah. Hitler does. Yeah. Yeah. If you read <laughs> you know, um, his there's text, an interesting, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. There's an interesting that. essay from Himmler as well, where Himmler says that, you know, the, the God of the Jews was a, a Christianity was a scam to try to emasculate, you know, the European peoples and they use Christianity. So the reason that I did that stream on Old Testament, New Testament continuity was because this is a big missed thing. This is what a lot of people miss. I mean, you have this long tradition in the history of Orthodoxy of the idea of an Orthodox Imperium, the idea of we still carry on this idea that it's that self-defense is is a biblical position. The church fathers teach the death penalty. They teach self-defense. Paul says that the this that Caesar has the sword as a minister of God. Okay, so it's it's the fault of modern uh, so-called Orthodox and liberals who who shirk all of this, who reject all of this, who have bought into the idea that there's such a thing as a divide between the secular, uh, that, that you can have an atheistic state, retain your pious personal religion. All of that Americanism is what has infected people with the idea that to be a Christian is to be emasculated when the fir- that's the furthest thing from the truth. Orthodox Christianity Christianized the Imperium and created a Christian civilization. And it did yes. that because because it didn't accept Marcionism and rejecting the idea of the Old Testament. Because because even St. Maximus says in his chapters on love, he says, yes, the New Testament is a, a superior revelation and we have Pentecost. But that doesn't mean that the prescriptions of the Old Testament, namely the law and what it forbids, that it's somehow bad. It still operates to forbid what is good, what is bad and to promote what is good. So even, even in these, you know, across these church fathers, they reject Marcionism, but Marcionism is everywhere in Orthodoxy and it's the same Gnostic root. I mean, modern Orthodoxy, I'm saying there's all these people who they think that Jesus came and he's not like the mean God of the Old Testament. Okay. I think we can pin it under a certain term to like to delineate from, from real classical Orthodoxy. Uh, maybe like hypsodoxy, or like you said, normidoxy. Normidox, yeah, yeah, fucking normidox or hipster, <laughs> the hypsodox of the like the worst of the worst. Or like, aridox, uh, yeah. Uh, like the what you call it? that 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 page on Twitter. Um, Is it the coffee shop one? No, the, the hipster orthodoxy something. What the heck is it called? It was like, uh, dude, but I, I I met one of the guys who runs it. I just—I want to see who he is, or how I met him, or where. But I met him, and I—I I, I gotta tell you, um, he's not a good example of any sort of orthodoxy. He—he—he he, 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 he does drugs, prays with heretics. It's a lot of bad stuff. But um, oh, okay. The page is called "Ask an Orthodox Hipster." Yeah. Yeah, just toxic, toxic. And you know what? There's one guy I know who knows him. He might, he might be listening. If you're listening, you know who you are. <laughs> Say something about it, you piece of cowardly shit. You know, and and uh, not to inter, inter, uh, interrupt your your rage, <clears throat> but um, I, I want to back up a, a little bit of what uh, uh, Jay was saying earlier. Is, is that as Orthodox, we read the Bible in, in, in four ways, you know what I mean? And that's the whole Bible. 
the entire Bible. First, we read it as, you know, the personal testimony of God with, with an obedience to that, you know. Uh, the, the, uh, the second... Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We read it through the church, and the church is is the new Israel. It's, it is... Christ, and then that'd be the third thing is that we read it through uh, a Christ view. So we find Christ within the, the Old Testament, and then the, the fourth, of course, would be personal. So it works on four different levels that we read the, the, the Old Testament. All of those things work, and they're completely congruent, congruent. And the only way, the only way that you're going to make sense out of the Old Testament through the Gospels is if you read it in that way. That's how the church fathers prescribed it, and that's how we read it. And you're not going to make sense out of it. You're always going to go back into the same ideas that all these other, all the other uh, ideological components that have come along with Protestants or, or whatever uh, later on, uh, where you can separate both of them. The only way you can you can make them come together is through the Orthodox way. No one else has been able to do it, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yes, Someone and this chat- is the, yeah. Sorry, guys. go ahead. Someone in the chat said, "Bongo Doxy." <laughs> I'm not sure if that means like with a bong or with bongo drums. Both ways are funny. <laughs> bong. Well, as Father Rose says in in the uh, uh, his famous nihilism book, I mean, there there there's the idea that there's not a traditional uh, Orthodox teaching on social order, and so uh, the, the government is preposterous. I mean. Anybody who knows the history of the church knows the countless kings and saints who were kings and the countless councils called by emperors and how the seventh council calls them the God-ordained emperors would find this completely preposterous. Anybody who's read the Code of Justinian, I talk about this kind of stuff all the time, would knows that that is the right view. But what we get in a lot of so-called, as you said, uh, hipster docs, normie docs, emeridocs, is the idea that the principles of America and the Constitution in 1776 and the Enlightenment, that's where we start with the idea of the private realm. You have your private confession, uh, and then everybody else has the right to do whatever they want in the religious spirit. No, that's not true. I'm sorry, but the God who in the Ten Commandments says you shall have no other gods, that still applies. It's still true today. You can't get rid of the the Ten Commandments. Jesus reaffirms the Ten Commandments in in the New Testament. So, Again, we wouldn't see the church fathers teaching the, the legality of the death penalty, the the just nature of war. As St. Athanasius says, at times war can be just, and killing in the battlefield can be a virtuous act, action, St. Athanasius says. So there's countless examples of this, and really it's it's a reliance upon ignorance, a reliance upon a pseudo-super spirituality where I feel like I'm pious if I 
point out how Jesus doesn't want me interested in, you know, Christian society. Jesus just wants me to be pious. Uh, and for, for Christianity to have anything to do with the social sphere is somehow legalistic or Pharisaic or uh, some relic of the Old Testament is just, again, utter nonsense when you know the first 1,500 years of Christianity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then the, uh, I mean, just not even to mention, like, the, the just the, the strict nominalism that would be involved with uh, mm-hmm. just trying to recreate uh, a church and a society. I mean, the, the culture flows from the church. It flows from the monastery. RIB has right. been saying this for years. You, you cannot be a neo reaction and try to recreate this on a sociological level. That is like uh, modernism uh, 101. And it's going to lead straight to the nihilism that we have now. You can't. It has to come from the church. There's no other way. You have to have a spiritual element that, that's there. It's God. It's Christ. It's real. That's the thing. That's the, yeah. That's and that's why. Thing. That's why Father Rose, Father Rose says that the true Orthodox doctrine of of social theory and government is the Orthodox Imperium. And that's what's coming down to us from history. Like you said, you can't just invent it all over and start all over as if the church can shed everything that came from the past. Uh, I mean, we're not going to recreate Byzantium, but the point is that we've already been given these forms that tell us how it should be. So we can either obey that and look what happens when, when people obey it and they're willing to die for it. You conquer the empire, you Christianize the empire, you create Byzantium. When you're not willing to believe that and you cower, you get conquered and ruled over. So guess what? That's what God said in Deuteronomy. He said, if you're faithful yeah. to the covenant, I will smash all your enemies. That's why the, the traditional prayers, the, the, the Orthodox prayers contain imprecatory prayers. What about the prayers about victory over the Hagarites? What about that? That's not very ecumenical. No, because that's the tradition. Right? <laughs> so if you're faithful to that, oh, then God okay. conquers the enemies. This is why uh, this error is how you end up getting like Catholic politicians in America who like, Who's like, well, personally, I don't agree with abortion, but I whenever the woman's right to, to choose, because they think it's just like this this bizarre kind of right. It's like this this weird separation between the public and private sphere, and I think um, the American notion um, has 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 exacerbated this because now that is America, yeah. for religion. Freedom of religion has has been construed into this thing. Well, as long as I can pray in private, I still I still have I, I still have my freedoms. Like you yeah. don't, yeah, you fucking right. don't, dude. Well, I, I think I think there's there, there's a uh, that these people get lost uh, in, in all of this, and and I keep on coming back to this. Like we talked in a previous episode, Rick. It's just because we have allies. Like okay, so we we are kind of. We, I mean, we're, we're quote, quote unquote alt right or Nazis. Compare everybody that's on the liberal side of the sphere; they're not going to know these nuances. They don't care about this. They're always going to call us that. But I will have an ally within possibly the alt right because I, or even it. I mean, and it's no different than if you're Orthodox and you you're posting Trump memes. Now, Trump is like ninety nine point, maybe eighty five percent on our side, but. He's getting us further to- towards our goal. Now, there's a, a difference between having an ally with somebody and incorporating his beliefs within your belief system and trying to retrofit them inside of it. Now, yes. I will stand outside and say, yes, I'm using Trump. I will say that. I am using Trump to further my ideas of the, of the one and true church. 
You know what I mean? The, but but as soon as he, you know, comes back on me, I'm going to come back on him. Of course, you know what I mean. What does the uh, uh, this is the traditional Russian prayer book? Cast down the blasphemous kingdom of the Hagarenes and subject subject it to the Orthodox kings. Confirm in right belief and raise up the horn of all Orthodox Christians. Well, thanks, Jay. You just got me deep platform from AFR. <laughs> there goes my chance. Yeah. Well, consider it an honor to be deep platform. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I will, I will say that RAB is like half theology, theology and philosophy of politics, and the other half is 13 year olds in sexual education class, and the teacher just said penis. <laughs> <laughs> okay like usually for 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 the afr content i'll like i'll stick to the stuff i like i like the arena by father josiah trenum he's fantastic um except for his latest like patriotism series which i've heard is kind of uh questionable which i'm not sure i, I haven't heard the whole let's thing. listen to like, it first let's exactly first. exactly yes yes <clears throat> of course uh, but the uh, okay, okay, as far as Thomas Hopko, well, uh, you know, was, uh, of blessed memory, he had some things I disagree with. You know, there's there's stuff here and there that I like and I don't like. But lately, I've been listening to I guess what I, I can call um censor conflict with Fardemic, uh Jay. I I was listening to some of the AFR uh, mainstream content. You know, the the stuff they put out front and center, like and you know the the. The HFA presents kind of stuff. Uh, I even found a couple of podcasts that they did back during the Charlottesville rally, and I, I, I gotta say, like my disappointment was immeasurable. I quit following them. I quit following them ten years ago when they were uh, so gung ho about Stephen Freeman, who doesn't believe in the historicity of the Old Testament. So, if there's anyone, okay, if there's anyone. Which is like unlikely. Anyone from AFR listening? Doubtful. But who knows? Um, if you come up with such a hard line against racism, um, denying uh, the full humanity to people of other races, denying the image of Christ and people of other races, which on that tenet alone I will agree, um, you can't support privilege theory. And claim to not be a racist because privilege theory is nothing but gaslighting and victimizing white people. It's all about saying you can't criticize things because you're white. You can't say this and that because because you're white, therefore you're affluent and have a lot of money and have never suffered. All these stupid ideas. And there's a lot of people in AFR who, who push this thing either by – by outright word or by you know kind of subtle like oh maybe I just hint at the theory. I'm sorry that that's that's as fucking racist as just being a clansman who who like dreams of a pile of dead black babies. Nothing less racist about it. Yeah, but you're talking to people who are interested in virtue signaling and yeah. trying to show how how uh, how moral they are, and this is notorious amongst the ortho. I mean, I have to say that 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 uh, Roman Catholics and Protestants, nobody beats uh, spiritual virtue signaling. Uh, then, or, I mean, Orthodox take the cake for spiritual virtue. Signaling. They're, they're the most, um, 
the most, most notorious of this. And, you know, this is something I've seen for 10 years. So yeah, you, you pointed out an obvious hypocrisy and uh, they're not interested in hearing why that's hypocritical. They would just rather you leave, go away. Shut up. Well, well, I mean, I mean, as far as the worst, I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure, Jake, <laughs> can you really be the, the freaking Jesuits on this? I don't know. This a pretty bad, uh, man. I'm not sure if you can beat them at it. They're pretty bad at it. Or pretty good, I guess. More. Well, the thing with the Jesuits is that they're so uh, blatantly not Christian. And the thing with the Orthodox, the Orthodox pietists is that they come off as super Christian. So, so there's, there's, it's a, it's a close call. It's a good point. There's a close call there. But I mean, the, the Jesuits, like Martin, I mean, they're so off the rails and obvious operatives to destroy the religion that. I mean, they don't even count as Christian, but the Orthodox Pietists, you know, are like the most. They're the they're the essence of Pharisee. I mean, I would I would say that they even top, you know, like Calvinists for being like supreme Pharisees. Father Martin, uh, oh, I want to say Father Martin. Um, you know, Martin, what's his face, the Jesuit? He said that uh, calling someone a heretic is hate speech now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll add something on this is, is that the, also you have to accept the fact that most Orthodox uh, came over here uh, and they, they, they kind of um, they kind of um, uh, sub, uh, kind of um, what do you call it? Um, grabbed on to a, a minority status. Americanism. Yeah, they're Democratic Party, the Greeks. Yeah. You know, they were brought into the Democratic Party. We're the minority. We're going to help you. And now they've totally co-opted by the CIA, which runs the Democratic Party. Uh, to be this foundation funded thing. That's why they love Bartholomew. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it. That's the clincher of the, of the whole thing. And uh, you'll find this all the time. It's, uh, it's just like, if you talk about uh, 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 white American or they, they, they constantly talk about this, especially like AFR is notorious for talking about uh, when are we going to get an American orthodoxy? And I, and, and, and the funny thing is, is that, we all know they're not going to talk about the racial issue because supposedly they're like on some kind of a higher level where race doesn't matter, ethnicity doesn't matter in this America. And then you automatically have to question that because either they're, they really buy into their crap or the fact that they're, 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 that they're, they're not being – especially with a lot of the quote-unquote like white Americans that are involved with it that are saying this. What they're really they're, they're they're not interested in going that far down the rabbit hole of under, understanding their own identity because that is just such criminal thought they can't even do it so they have to you know again have your big brain thing where we're going to have a, an American orthodoxy beyond race and it's and then it just screams ecumenicalism. It yeah, just, we don't want we don't want that because uh, the people who would be behind that are, are run by the deep state. So we definitely don't want that. But we, we can have the order of uh, uh, St. Moses the Black for black Americans, African-Americans. But if, yeah. if, if, if you were to have anything like that for whites, you would be ex- excommunicated uh, immediately. Yeah, and if you, if you attend an Arab parish, uh, a lot of Arab parishes will run you out if you're white. So. Yeah. Well, Sean. And that, and that, and that, is, that is a legitimate problem of ethnophilatism, right? There's a people use that in the wrong way, but sometimes that does exist where there is a legitimate thing where it's like, Oh, we're the Greeks here. You're not really, you know, go off somewhere else. You're not really supposed to be. Well, I did. 
I did experience that in the Greek parish by some woman who never showed never showed her face in the parish before that day. That she was like, "How come you're here and not in a Catholic church?" And mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, I think this is the real church. I think this is the true church. You know, yada yada yada, the whole thing." And she's like, "Well, maybe you're more comfortable in the Catholic church." <laughs> and I was like, I was like "This is like a well, after school yeah. special." <laughs> I, I know, and, 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 and just a sad personal story from from my side of the view with the Antiochians. Is, is that most of them were Freemasons, of course. Yeah. And um, uh, uh, the other fact was is that they were they were very proudly uh, Syrian. I could talk to them a lot about uh, ethnicity and a lot about race and things like that. But at the same time, they were able to to, 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 to deny my experience as you know a historical white American for my family's been here for 300, 400 years and stuff like that. And then, but sadly, all of their their efforts of trying to keep their ethnicity is totally exploded the American experiment. Their kids were not involved with church at all. They were completely Americanized and running around. It was just so, it's just so sad. It's like, I kind of understand I'm coming here because it's already happened to my people. It's already happened to the black people that live here. Yeah, and, and now yep. it's happening to you, but they don't connect the dots. They just, right. that's globalism. See. That's the whole message of the Godfather and Godfather one, they leave because they want a better life and to make money. Uh, and by Godfather three, uh, uh, Michael Corleone is back in Italy and he loses his daughter and he goes to confession and he's, he dies unhappy and miserable, losing everything, uh, because he realized spoilers, that, Jay, spoilers. well, who has this? <laughs> I mean, the, the, you have to see part three because it's, it's, it's the, the clincher of the, the three acts. I mean, that's the whole point is that. What did he gain from the American experience? Nothing but destruction of his people, his culture, and his and his heritage. Everything he thought he was going to build up in America, he loses. Yeah, well, even, well, even his well, even his son is like basically gay. I mean, they couldn't do it back in the early nineties, but his son's gay, right? Like, he's like the know. opera singer. Yeah, he chooses to sing opera, and then the Sofia Coppola plays the daughter, and she ends up shot by the P two lodge. Well, guys, as uh, someone from a recent immigrant family, I can absolutely uh, verify all of this experience because, uh, you know, I, I think I've mentioned it briefly on here. Uh, uh, my experience as someone whose parents came here from Peru and I get grief. Not, I'm not just from Peruvians, from anyone who's possibly of any sort of his, Hispanic origin. I get mad grief for not speaking like perfect Spanish and not having all these, these wait a second, traditions. Uh, uh, hey, wait a second. Are you spick explaining to us right now? <laughs> spick explaining hardcore. Look, I, I, guys, I'm going to explain so hard. I'm turning my camera on. Are you fucking ready for this, guys? You're, you're raping my ears with your. Bro, ears. okay. Spick explaining happened right now. Uh, I get so much grief for not being like full spick. Like, <laughs> what do you mean you don't speak perfect Spanish and dance and, and the bachata? And have all these stupid music interests. I'm sorry, I fucking hate salsa. All these stupid. I mean, I lose myself in a rage because I can easily. <laughs> okay, but it's like I tell I tell people I, I don't I don't just tell my parents this. I tell people um, who complete strangers will feel comfortable in confronting me for not being like the perfect spick in front of them. I'm like, listen. If you wanted me to be the perfect spick, you should have. You should have. We should have stayed in South America. Why did you come here? And this is me that that 
They, mammon. Everybody thinks they're going to Mammon. Mammon. And, so, and this is what this is what Emeko Jones says is that modernity makes Jews of assault. Right. Like <laughs> divorced from our roots. I don't like about being freaking Peruvian. He's proving this to me. Um uh, 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 human sacrificing wackos uh, getting totally owned by cats. Yada yada yada. My family comes to America. That's that's what I know. I'm sorry. It, it, I don't care. It, I don't care, bro. Camera off, folks. If if anybody's interested in in Rick's musical taste, let me just say something. I'm I'm a hillbilly from Indiana. And he knows almost more about bluegrass than I do, and that's saying a lot. So that's that's kind of where Rick's taste lies. Right <laughs> I figure it's gonna be some low rider, which doesn't even make sense. I know that's like Mexico, but still. I don't know any Peruvian music, so I couldn't. Okay, just if imagine you like Bill Monroe to play that. Rick would listen to it. That's <laughs> Look, I love old school Americana stuff, man. That's good stuff. That's that. You that, do. That, that's, We're that's insane good, about that, it. That's good it. shit. You know what's weird is that that if most of the time in our in modernity, people love the stuff that they didn't grow up with. So, like, I grew yes. up with I grew up with country and bluegrass. I don't. I'm sick of it. I, I just it's it doesn't move me. Some of it's okay, but. I like all kinds of other stuff, you know what I mean? So I think if you if you if you grew up with something you hear all the time, you're kind of like, eh, you like well, something it's, else. It's different because I think me and my dad me and my dad have some common is that we both hate Hispanic music. <laughs> my dad grew up listening to Led Zeppelin and Deep Purple and all these old bands, and that's what I grew up listening to because he would play that stuff all the time in my house. You know, so I I still have a, a, a love for that music, that you know, old rock music. But I can't. So I, I I see my love for like old country and old bluegrass stuff as like an extension of that, mm-hmm. because uh, most of like the the speaking music I just it just doesn't I just well it has it, that, it, it strikes it, no chord in me. Dude. It, it, I just, as I understand, I'm not 100 percent positive on this, but isn't it doesn't it have the the uh, uh, like the Polish Germanic you know uh, accordion type sound to it because of like Germanic. Uh, colonization of of latin and south america so like when you're listening to the doop, 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 you know the la bota doop, 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 la bota la bota doop, 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 doop. it has a very polka germanic type sound i don't know jay i've heard that i agree with jay it, it, yeah it definitely in mexico it, de- it, de- it definitely does uh there is well ger- the germans of- had colonized a lot of that of that area and uh, the same with like Argentina and things like that. Um, and but, but there's all yeah, it, that gets me in a whole different rant about uh, Peru and, and and how Peru has these really weird Nordic ties. They have the kind of a similar yeah. like uh, the the pagan religions of Peru and the pagan religions of like the uh, the, the north. Uh, and this is one of those things that will blow the neo pagans' oh. minds. Oh. Here's the th- okay. Like here's the field the R. Okay, here's the field the R on like like. The uh, Peruvian paganism. You had you you have two basic coastal uh, you have two basic terrains in Peru. You have mountains and you have coasts. When you get off the mountains, there's literally a steep cliff on the entire side of the country that just drops straight to coasts. So you have two kinds of people develop, which is just mountain people 
and coastal people. This is like some some like like fantasy tier stuff because you have the coastal people who worship lunar gods and the mountain people who worship solar gods. The hmm. Incans mostly. The Incans came down conquer the solar worshiping tribes. The Incans came down and conquered all the moon worshiping tribes. Yeah. Interesting. And then the and 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 then yada 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 they all got freaking owned by Catholics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it it's it, it is strange when you think about the, these the, these things uh, because uh, I remember um, one of our friends were talking about how you know um, with the Russians everything is involved with the east it's always east and that's where the sun rises but in America it's always about the west and that's where the sun sets and it does have a kind it's of always ending form. here. Everything's always ending here. Yeah. And and I'm going to tell you something. Like I've always said, is like one, one of my favorite William S. Burroughs quotes. Yeah, he's a de- degenerate. But he always said that so there's something inside of America that's evil. And he said the Indians knew it too. Oof. And it's, it's interesting when you read the anthropology of Indians. Like we have this kind of a, f- a fantastical view of Indians in America. It's very boomer-esque. You know, everybody's got to be an Indian. Everybody's, you know, loves the Indians. But, you know, if you read the history of, like, just where I'm from, where Indiana, like, how many, uh, the tribes, like, there was, there was, huge, like, a huge Mississippian nation that lived here that were, are completely extinct. And it was, like, a, a few hundred years before the colonialists came, like, maybe a hundred years or 50 years before the colonialists came. And anthropologists kind of, like, don't really talk about it, but they were, they, they kind of, like, think that there was probably a huge genocide that happened with these Indians that lived in this area and that the people that lived here when the colonials got here were kind of newcomers that just murdered a bunch of people, you know, and just took over. And, uh, and then, yeah. and then throughout the colonials, they kept on doing it back and forth and taking it back over and over. And so it's like, there's nothing that there's something, there is something going on in America that is very cyclical like this. Yeah. Well, watch the, 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 if you read the uh, Peter Lavenda's trilogy, he says that too. That that the uh, the something that, that America has always been haunted, and that the Indians had this idea. And if you uh, watch a uh, National Treasure too, <laughs> when Nick Cage discovers the secret of America, uh, we just did a stream on this. So, like he he finds all these clues in the history of America, and it leads him to this Indian cave out by uh, Mount Rushmore, and deep down in this Indian cave is a giant ancient civilization of gold uh, ziggurats where it was, where it was a giant human sacrifice cult. So this is actually in the goofy national treasure Two book of secrets. The secret is that America was a giant human sacrifice cult at one time, <laughs> which, which is similar to what Frost was doing with the twin peaks uh, um, books. Yes, uh, exactly. Great point. Great point. We, we spoke about this topic briefly um, in our Great Satan episode, which happened at Meetup 1. Uh, Meetup 2 is happening soon, uh, fellas, uh, audience there. Get ready so uh, expect some good content to come out of that. I will record uh, some of the stuff we have planned. Not all of it, obviously. Like five days. But it's going to be good stuff, guys. I, I really want to kick up the RIB stuff by the end of this year or the beginning, the very early beginning of next year. I'm, uh... And, you know, uh, real quick, Rick, I want to I want to comment since we're on the American thing. 
and we've been talking a lot about neo-paganism. I also want to put, uh, uh, put to, uh, forth another theory that I've had about evolution, Darwinian evolution, because it ties on the neo-pagan thing. It ties on to the Nietzschean thing that we were talking about. And it also ties into the uh, Native American experience is, is the evolutionary model of the monkey being the totem of the modern culture. Is, is that what is the monkey? The monkey can freely have sex. The monkey uses tools. The monkey grooves together with the, with the, with the rest of the tribe. He's docile. <laughs> he's not violent. Bi- He's the Vic, if you're still awake. Yeah, Vic, the, he's still the, awake. The monk, the monk, oh, what's up? Thinking that freaking meme with with Richard Dawkins. It's like, okay, so um, uh, basically, um, a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the monkey is a totem. Is the is the NPC? You see what I'm saying? Oh. Yeah, I, I see. I see. I kind of. I'm catching on what you're saying. I just wanted real quick something I wanted to mention about the um, America being literal cursed soil. It seems that things here that are bad find a way to become worse. And when I like, for example, um, I almost feel like it's some, some kind of sick joke. So, like, take malls for example, right? They're like these hubs of of consumerism, right? But at the very least, you're at least doing it with other people. You, you at least you go to the mall with your friends to engage in this in this act. But now malls are being closed down and it's it's like it, it, it's it's really pitiful and it's being replaced by like, you know, these online services like amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals from courses to help you attain or retain certification to individualized coaching services to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen management concepts optimizes your professional development online in person individually or groups it's training that's measurably better learn more at managementconcepts.com that's managementconcepts.com hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus amazon why would you yeah. go all the way out to a mall and have to socialize which is so hard guys and um <laughs> when, when you can have a package you can have basically anything delivered to your door in like you know three days yeah, it's I, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I click the that, button, and forget about it, and like, oh yeah, the thing I ordered. Here he is. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's I, like I, I, I totally, I, I totally know what you're talking about because when Stranger Things two came out, they had like a, uh, um, like a thing for Stranger Things two that was like a mall commercial, like I'd have when I was a kid. You guys probably didn't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I know the advertising. That's for three, dude. Two. That's for season so, three. Jesus, is that three? Good God. Yeah. Uh, it's a pro- uh, it's a promo for season three. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. yeah, right. And so there yeah, is. So Rick, I, I didn't see it. It's a mall. Oh yeah. boy! It's like when I was when, when me and Jay were kids, you, you'd like go and you would go and see like um, who would be playing at the mall. Who was the chick that would like uh, uh, some of the girl rock singers back in the like 80s. Tiffany and that kind Tiffany. of shit. You go see Tiffany at the mall. She'd be playing at the mall. Like, with, like, <laughs> like yeah. when I was a teenager. Uh, and 
malls were still a thing. Cause I'm not that much. I'm not that much younger than you guys. I'm 34. Uh, there's one time um, when I was like what 18. We all got kicked off the mall, kicked out of the mall. Sunset Place Mall here in Miami. Sunset, shout out Sunset Place guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got kicked out of the mall. Shout out to the mall, dog. What's up, mall? Yeah. How y'all doing? Hot topic. Shout out to all my mall niggas right here. <laughs> we got Leroy, baby face. Anyway, uh, we got kicked out of the mall for loitering, and I, I, I being a mouthy ass eighteen year old, I told the guy, "What the hell is a mall for? <laughs> I'm the freaking loiter." <laughs> What do you think? Why get in? Get out of here! The whole place is geared to hang out. You have benches for people to sit, but then people <laughs> sit in them. You kick them out. You guys, you guys ever watch the uh, the, 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 the oh, getting way, we're getting way off topic here, but the oh, old uh, fuck, fuck topics, the, nigga. The, the, the old movie, uh, <laughs> uh, the old movie Easy Money with Rodney Dangerfield and Joe Pesci. You ever watched that at all? Mm-hmm. No. We're browsing. We're browsing here. We're browsing. <laughs> Look at me. I'm browsing. Yeah, I'm sorry. My favorite, Ryan, Ryan, did you feel clip? My favorite clip from Dangerfield that I, I like to use um, <laughs> is the one where he's in the hat store in Caddyshack, in, in the golf store in Caddyshack. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll take one of, one of those, one of those. Oh, look at this hat. It's the worst hat I ever saw. You buy a hat, he's probably get a free bowl of soup. And this is the guy wearing the hat and he goes, Huh. Looks good on you, though. <laughs> when I when I had when I lost that hope in a school. that was that's my best. That's the best the, running. The, the joke well, I have with that scene is that that hat is the Byzantine right, and Ryan Dangerfield is uh is the is, the, is the Roman Catholic Church. The guy wearing the hat is Byzantine Catholics. So like, the, the, the Roman Catholic would be like, "It's just so stupid and heretical." But then, like, well, how about these bizcasts? Oh, it's fine if you do it, though. <laughs> the meta meme. Oh, my God. That's Looks good on you. Multiple levels. Looks good on you, though. It's fine for you guys. I remember when I lost, when I first lost Hope in Humanity the first time, <laughs> was when Rodney Dangerfield died. And I, I used to read these musical magazines from, like, England, because back when, you know, there were before the internet, you read magazines and they had a little blurb about for that Ronnie Dangerfield's obituary. And it said, Ronnie Dangerfield, huge hit in America, hardly made a blurb in, in England, has died. And I was like, You haven't heard of Ronnie Dangerfield, you poor bastards. That, that is a- know who he <laughs> you know is. what? That, that obituary is worthy of Ronnie Dangerfield. <laughs> that's, that's an obituary that he would laugh his ass off at. Like, this guy was great in America. Calling me the blubber in England. Oh, getting respect. Well, you know, and, and this is, uh, I, I'll go back to this, is that the Gen X and uh, the millennials were raised in comedy. Like, there's a dualistic uh, uh, part of us. That, that there's a, there, there's a, a major part that's funny. There's a major part that's, like, uh, horribly nihilistic with our music and things like that. And a lot of our movies were very nihilistic. But there was a huge humor part of it. And the humor parts came from stand-up comedy, and it came from skit comedy. And the, the, the real uh, incubator of the, of the stand-up comedy that came out of the 80s and 90s that I grew up in, in my era came from Rodney Dangerfield's club. All the greats came from Dangerfield's club. Everyone that you would know uh, still to this day as being a, a great comedic legend as far as stand-up goes 
they got they they earned their their stripes through Dangerfield's Club. I've been there. The, it's a neat place. Oh yeah. Oh really? That's awesome, man. Yeah, that my uh, first time I did stand up, I was uh, it was my senior trip. I went to New York for a, a week long thing and uh, auditioned in a couple clubs, but I didn't do stand up at Dangerfield's, but. The night that I arrived, we went to see a show at Dangerfields, and uh, it was pretty neat. Really intimate setting, but it was very cool to be there. Do you remember who was? Do you remember who was uh, even there? The only one that I remember was a woman who uh, she did a, a bit about getting a, tr- a transfusion from a pig because that was in the news <laughs> that that somebody got a, a transfusion of a pig heart that it worked. And so her whole shtick was that in the middle of telling the story, she started snorting. Like a pig. (laughs) But uh, no, it it wasn't anybody famous there the night that I was there. A slight chuckle. A slight chuckle emits. (laughs) I remember I I talked to her afterwards because she was a uh, super Jewish chick. And I was like, I want to do do stand up. And she was like, follow your heart. You've got to follow your heart. That's the only thing to do it in the stand up thing is follow your heart. (laughs) And please make sure you support Israel in all her decisions. And have a good trust fund. <laughs> yeah, it was a cool club, though. It was, it was, it was a real. It's like you think these things are going to be big, but it was like a really, you know, kind of intimate, small. Everything in New York, all, everything's really small because it's like these little boxes where every restaurant, every place is like a little it's box. Real long. I, I've been long. to one. I, okay, I've been to exactly one comedy club, and I was made supremely uncomfortable because the comedian uh, at the stage. Started making jokes. Okay, he has a, a daughter that's like like less than a year old at the time, um, and he's changing her. And he, all 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 he can talk about is sex jokes with his infant daughter. Oh my god! I was like, I I, 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 I can't handle this. I gotta get get hell out of this club right now. I cannot stomach this joke. Yeah, it's pretty gross because they all try to do that stuff. I I uh, I went to a stand up thing actually about three weeks ago and I was I actually knew the stand up. I was trying to get him to come on the podcast, but he wouldn't do it. Um but but I, I will say in their defense, like the 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 three he was the best of the three. The other two openers were just the pits. But I have to give them credit because they didn't get nasty. So so it mm. wasn't like disgusting, you know, right. pedo yeah. jokes like you hear all the time now. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, and, but it was yeah. it was boomer tier, like off, just boomer comedy out the butt, dude. It was the yeah. pits. Just yeah, the the shock value thing. They 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 still try to grab a hold of that as if like like we're not like you know fifty years past piss Christ. Or <laughs> or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we we we've already been shocked enough. You know. <laughs> It's Why did they like, tell you to get on the plane when you get in the plane? Shut the hell up, George. We know what you fucking mean. Get on the plane. <laughs> it's like it's like modern women comedians for some reason have like went to the Atel school of com- of comedy. It's like they just traded all the dick jokes with their vaginas. You know what I mean? It's just like it's just like <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, hey guys, it gets brutal to listen to. Comedian here, um, did I tell you about my vagina yet? Because vagina, vagina, vagina. Did you guys yeah. see my my stream? I did like two hours going off on female comedians, and I showed from like <laughs> I, I showed from I showed from five different ones. It's the same routine. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I know I used one. What, what, what's that? Say what? Which one was that? I, I, I must have missed that. Yeah, one, I must have missed that one too. Uh, let me think what I titled it. I titled it uh, uh, "Feminist Comedians Roasted." 
If you tur- if you <laughs> cite- search that in my name, it'll come up. And basically, what I did was at the beginning of the stream, I was like, "All right, here's the premise. We're going to see if each one of these comedians hits the the so called hits comedian hit the five you know comedian. the the chocolate, the weight, the sex, the mom, the PMS. Basically, I think is the five. <laughs> and and yeah. and literally, they all hit it. Like they all like it was like clock oh, work, dude. They was boom, 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 boom. And all and, and all the all male comedians will really really good male comedians will all say the same thing is that women just aren't funny, you know what I mean? But I do want to take a quick round since we're we're all here and we all are huge comedy fans. Do you have a favorite uh, uh, a female comedian that actually is that you feel like is a really good comedian? Yes, I will say there are a couple of funny girls. Um, I think Anna Ferris is funny. I think Kristen Wiig is funny. <sighs> Or can be, um, dude. No, I'm, we about, I'm, about, I'm about out. As I can't think of many dude, more. Bamford, Maria Who? Bamford. Who is she? Oh, bro! But only because she's like, she has some sort of mental problem. Maria, well, Bamford. she's not like you know, not not like regular girls. With like. I guess every girl would tell you, but she really is not like regular girl. She's like like bizarre kind of disjointed personality. The, uh, she, the, she, she, sorry, go ahead. She she, she she was she was even committed for a time. Uh, wow. So, but yeah, she's really bizarre. But her her comedy is really hilarious. Maria Bamford. Okay, I'll check her out. Yeah, she, she actually. That- that Arab chick that does the cut downs is pretty good. Have you seen her on the uh, roasts? No, I have not. I I it's, it's, it's some it's some Arab chick. I can't forget her name, but she, she's pretty good at the uh, at the roasts. But I'm way behind on the comedy stuff. Well, I, I gotta not say, like, um, I like a lot of the uh, uh, women that came out of the the seventies and eighties, of course, just because I, I there's there's something that. <sighs> About them that were they 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 didn't they, they were kind of a more supportive or whatever. I always enjoyed Catherine O'Hara a lot. Yeah, the older SNL people. Yeah, there there's some funny ones there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, but now it's just it's so difficult. It's just it just really is. It's, it's really just getting about you know um, just these really obscene, just shock value. It's very, uh, it's very political and it's very cult-like, and you have to go along with these, you know, Amy Schumer, Liz Winstead, abortion. Uh, 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 you know, if you're not on the board with that, you're not going to get any promotion. Hey guys, yada yada yada. My vagina, my dead fetus, ghost haunting it. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, same shit. Every Disgusting. Yeah. Gross. Repulsive. But, I think know, it's funny how like a lot of male comedians uh, will 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 push the envelope so far, and they'll they'll pick on the low hanging fruit. Like Bill Burr is one of those guys. It's like uh, uh, signal, you know, kind of feminism and 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 certain like the PC things that are like you know easy to kind of touch on. Then they'll soft, kind of run away afterwards. You know what I mean? Soft ass little bitch, man. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I'll say this. Uh... This, this is a comic that I had with the wife. Um, oh, dude. I completely forget it. I was not, my, my train of thought. My my train of thought completely derailed. Forget it. I do that to people. God, awful, awful. 
Okay. It... Damn, I hate that. Just all eyes on you. Clear lane of train of thought and just complete fizzles out with nothing in front of you. If it makes you feel any better, there's like a thousand people watching right now. That's fine. <laughs> oh. Fuck him. He's an ungrateful swine. He's a uh, 64 watching right now. Well, let's go to the round table again. Okay, so uh, let's say, hands down, who's your favorite stand-up comedian ever? I got to say. We always do a top five with Jay, don't we? We always do. Yes, that. last time we did the, the movie. I can't, I can't pick a number one, but I can list the ones I like. Okay, so yeah, I'll, let's do a top I'll five. say, top five. I'll say uh, I do like Mitch Hedberg. I like Jerry Seinfeld. As a stand up. Oh, rip, rip. Um, I rip like Peace. Rip in Peace Hedberg. I like uh, Andy Kaufman's wacky style. That's who influences. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Me. Um, that's about it. I mean, I, I'm not. The older I get, the less I like stand up. And the, the more I like sketch comedy and improv. As, okay. as odd as that may seem. Uh, okay, and I, wait, think wait, that, wait. I think that's because they've killed, they've killed stand up. Stand up is not, you know. It's so political that it's not it's not funny anymore. Oh, wait, wait, guys, guys. I, I, I was trying to outro, but we need to do a quick little, little quick little tangent, little segue onto the Kaufman Jim yeah. Carrey question because oh that is bizarre. That would be a good one for Jay. That is a good one for Jay because we talked about this a million times. Because okay, did did you watch the documentary on Netflix with uh, Jim Carrey talking about the Andy Kaufman uh, thing? No, I mean I watched Man on the Moon like Oof. back when it came out. No, but... he, there's a documentary no, no, no. about Man on the Moon with, with Jim Carrey. Okay, no, I haven't seen that. Oh my Dude. god, okay, it. okay, okay, Jay, you okay. gotta watch right. it. It is like a case study in pre list. Yeah, disassociation. I mean, okay. What, what do you mean? As someone, okay, I come from a literature background. That's why I studied in college. That's where I I write yeah, fiction yeah. in my yeah. spare time. This is what like my, my the way my 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 brain works. Like so I think to build narratives out of things that maybe are not there. Uh, but I definitely built a narrative out of this documentary. And it's like okay, if I were a demon who 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 liked uh, fame and fortune, and I and I had a great run with Andy Kaufman, he died. How can I get back up on this thing? I got to make someone make. Okay. You have to fucking watch it because Jim Carrey's entire modus operandi in kind of reanimating this. Yeah, talk Andy up a little bit about that, Rick. Talk about this Andy Kaufman character because he he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't really 
he doesn't really end any, any Kaufman. Because the people who knew Andy Kaufman were like, actually, he was nothing like this. What are you doing? Uh, but he would refuse. Jay, he would refuse to come out of the role. So, so, so Jim Carrey, when he was on Man of the Moon, when he went back to the trailer, he was still Andy Kaufman, right? Right, method yeah. acting. Right. If he and, if he couldn't get the makeup done for the roles, he would put a paper bag over his head and still pretend to be the person. And the hmm. where, where he couldn't control what he was being anymore, and the way he and was described, people, the way he was describing it, sound like how the church fathers and the saints described demonic possession. That's all I'm. I'm like, oh, I see. I see. Well, yeah, this is yeah. So, so dissociative states and another uh, entity, you know, stepping Bro. in and taking over. This is this has always been in the arts and including yeah. acting and comedy. Yeah, this is pure Jason Nelson's content. You have to okay. watch documentary. Okay. Well, well have, have you guys have you guys oh. seen uh, uh, Robin Williams when he used to to go on his his sort of improv like spouts? You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, sure. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So okay, so I just took a uh, we did a Warner Brothers studio tour when I was in L.A. out there to speak, and they were telling stories about the the comedians, and they were saying that when they would film, I think Mork and Mindy, they would say that, uh, or one of the shows that Robin Williams was in, that they would they would they were worried about the take. And then, uh, so if, if the take didn't go right, Robin Williams would go on these like, you know, crazy improv rants. And then they would be like, Oh, we didn't get that right. Can you do it again? He'd be like, I don't know what I said. Like, I don't know. <laughs> right. Right. Wow. Whoa. Right. Whoa. Holy crap. Yeah. Call. Oh, I'm going to bring it up to, I'm going to bring it to a different level with Jim Kier real quick with you, Jay, because I think this is kind of important too, because I, 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 I've also watched these other documentary or these other interviews with uh, uh, Jim Carrey, and he, he's, he's taken on this kind of Gurdjieffian philosophy. Yes, camp. right. And it's a kind of a disassociation. You don't exist, man. You know, you're just a figment of your own imagination, man. Yeah, right. You're yeah. not doing a bunch of drugs, and he yeah. was tripping so out. With, yeah. these, uh, and, uh, and, and so uh, I was wondering, I was talking to, to, to Rick about this, like, okay, so he's getting to this Gurdjieffian philosophy, like uh, he's, he's trying to disassociate himself with the, with the rest of the world. And then Rick had a really good take on it. And Rick, go ahead and, and you, you explain the kind of the, the psychology of why. Dude, okay. He gave his ex-girlfriend some sort of, some sort of sexually transmitted disease and she died. She killed, she, herself. She, she killed herself. She committed suicide, and she, in her suicide, she blamed him specifically. And her ex-boyfriend, who she left to be with Jim Carrey, backed it up. He's like, yes, she changed. She stopped being who she was. Awful things. Like, truly awful things. They say that you, don't, you don't look at and be unchanged by. Hmm. And it was it was tragic. It was tragic. I I, I never say suicide is anything but anything but tragic. Mm-hmm. It's a tragic event. It is. It, it's not something to be uh, lampooned or to be like clapped. Like, oh, she's so brave. And there's a lot of like right now, in my opinion, in the culture, there's a lot of like aggrandizing of the suicidal motive. Mm-hmm. It's gross and it's, it's out there, but. Of course, Jim Carrey would disassociate. Try, try to say that there's he, no. Yo, yeah, he's saying no, no. No, this is true. That this happened. Like, dude, she's yeah. she's saying she's like laying out specifically what happened. 
So disassociate okay. myself with myself. I, there, there's nothing but personalities, and and all of our personality is so some kind of uh, out of the guilt uh, impressions that other people out of the guilt of this me. of this event. After the guilt of this event that what, what he was responsible for, he starts laying out this 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 theory like, oh, well, we're not really people, or we're not really real individuals. Oh, we're just like these figments of our own imaginations. But then, like, who, who's imagining it, right, idiot? Stupid fucking bullshit. But it, it, it's dude, you have to fucking watch the documentary. Okay, I, will, I, will, I will watch that. And uh, the, the, yeah. the entire time you're watching it, keep in mind. That this guy drove his girlfriend to kill him, kill herself, and she blamed him, and he tried to escape from his own self. This- okay, I see. Yeah, so in other words, a flight from guilt, and then repressing that, which is interesting because in he's he's the main character in the in the movie, the number twenty three, who has an yes, who yes, exactly, and and also internal uh, sunshine, spotless mind. Oh There's yes, oh uh, constant uh, constant theme. And recreating good, good of point. your own memory, re- recreating of your own uh, your own being, and then and then on top of that, of course, now he's a huge NPC liberal that yeah. makes art against Trump and uh, and 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 puts all these by, liberal yeah, talking points in. By the way, uh, also too, the story of Andy Kaufman is is similar to that as well. There's speculation that Andy Kaufman was kind of starting to dissociate too towards yeah the, yeah dude yeah okay. I'm like 85% convinced that this is like, <laughs> this is like my, my, like like the back like atheist part of my brain is still in there. Says this is stupid, but like looking at this whole thing, it feels like if there was a demon addicted to the Hollywood spotlight. And he wanted another go at it. And so he did the same shtick that he knows how to do in someone else. And I would go further beyond Andy Kaufman. And I would say that like Peter Sellers has develops the same type of uh, Being there. personality. And I think he, he, he tries to speak it through, through his movie. What was his, his final movie that he did? It was very much about this. Um, the same is Gurdjieffian concept. It's the same exact thing of a uh, of an atomized a man that lies behind behind the man, and that that and mm. it's very cultish. So, and that's the thing about Gurdjieff and all these other things is that if you can convince somebody that that their whole world is impressions, that their whole personality is just something they've mimicked off other people, yeah. and there's another person behind them, then you get the raw material. Then you can kind of reform that. Yeah. To, to, to whatever you want to. I think that's kind of an essence of neo-paganism to, to kind of cycle back to what we're saying. Wow. I think this is kind of yeah. a lot of what the shamans were doing right. and, and still do to this day. They, they still, Damn. we're going to bring you back. There, there is the, the person that you know is nothing but what your father taught you. You walked like your dad did and you talked like your da- okay. dad did. And you, you developed all these impressions. You gotta let go of all this impressions. Do it. And I'm like, okay. Are you really a person? You know, like Rabbi Zacharias, uh, who's a, he, who's an evangelical. I respect. Uh, I listen to him. He's a great guy. Uh, he spoke about this a lot. That that you know, evolutionists want to say that hey, your psyche, your psyche is no different than that of animals. And now, right. further modernity says actually, it's also no different than that of machines. 
It's a great, it's a great joke he has, and I think, I, I think, guys, if you're okay with it, we'll outro on this joke. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. this really funny joke uh, that he has. No pressure, no pressure. Uh, hey, look at respect. <laughs> he okay. The joke is that he has uh, okay. There's a guy. He's looking for a job. He get, here's a job from, from a zoo. He calls a zoo. He's like, hey, you got this job waiting for me? He's like, yeah. Um, we have a a shortage of chimps. Can you come and do a job interview with us? And he comes there to job interview. Okay, you have an interest in acting. Um, can you put on a chimp costume for us and just pretend to be a chimp eight hours a day? And then at the end of the day, you go in the cave, change your red clothes, and got the secret back that we have. Can you do that for us, guys? Can you do it, please? And he goes, okay, with this pay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Sure. Cool. That sounds good to me. So he's he's, he's there being a chimp, swinging branch to branch. He's like, I'm so tired, swinging around all day. One day he swings too hard, swings into the lion's cage, falls down. He starts screaming, "Someone help me! Help me, please! I'm not." Sure. And the the lion comes up to him, and before he can before he can scream, the lion goes, "Shh! You don't shut up. We'll both lose our jobs." <laughs> Fantastic! Oh, that's class. That's good old man. Right that's good. And that's a Ravi Zacharias joke. Yes. Okay. Interesting. He, okay, he's a guy who was evangelical, so I got my problems with him, but overall, no, I, know who he is. Yeah. I love his shtick. He's fantastic. He's great. I love him. I pray for I pray for his, uh, him to convert to freaking orthodoxy. Like, I'll do with all the other evangelicals I know in my freaking life. Oh, boy. I got my little prayer list full. <laughs> kidding me? All right, dude. Well, thanks, you guys. It was always a pleasure. I appreciate you having me back. It was, it was a great talk. Yeah. Definitely support uh, Jay's analysis dot com. Thanks, man. Appreciate and, it. Uh, uh, you know, you guys are just so uh, um, connected to your wallets. You know, look at Trump, and look at what Trump did. You don't have to agree with Trump. You don't have to disagree with Trump. But he has taken over the Republican Party just through private donations, and he's reinventing the whole party just through that. So, guys, your money does count. It doesn't cost much. Just sacrifice a couple bags of Cheetos a week or a month. That's all it takes. A couple bags of Cheetos, guys. You know, it's kind of asking a lot, dude. Here or there. That's what we're asking. <laughs> That's all I got, guys. Love guys, you, I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll post this and I'll link, uh, link you guys as well. And uh, God bless and everybody. Back. Have a good night. Absolutely, and uh, let's let's not uh, let's not wait so long this next time. Yes, yeah, people calling it a reunited, like 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 like, like I, I never hang out with my J man over here, but we we absolutely do. Jay, please stay, stay on for a little bit after uh, we disconnect uh, the broadcast. You should just share okay. a little bit. Okay, God bless you all, guys. Go to church on Sunday, not tomorrow because uh, my days are always mixed up. I don't know what day it is. Have a time. I gotta wake up. Go to Vespers tomorrow. Yeah, go to Vespers. Find a local church. Make sure check it at God Vespers. Go to it. If not, uh, stay home and pray. Pray for us. Pray for Jay. Pray for all. Pray for my wife. All that stuff. All right, guys.
Have a good night. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.